Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi, everyone. My name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Every week, Savannah and I will interview a successful 20-something who is pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Today, we're interviewing Kobe Getza. Yes, you may know him as Elder Cunningham from Book of Mormon. He's been nominated for an Ovation Award reviewed by the Huffington Post. He's been on Broadway multiple times, and he's only 25. Say what? What? We can't wait to see what this gentleman does next. And oh, what a better way to chat with Kobe than over brunch. So let's have a word from our sponsor. FLU Studios and the Behind Two Blondes podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes, spelled T-O-O. Spelled exactly how it sounds. Hi, Kobe! Hi, Kobe! Cheers! What are we drinking today? Well, today we're drinking... um, Chocolate mint English breakfast tea from Trader Joe's. Kobe, did you know you were drinking that? I can smell the chocolate. Smell it's, good. It's pretty incredible. delicious. Yeah. And Savannah's drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee. We're I... doing just classic brunch. <laughs> I wanted to do mimosas, but my stomach hurts, and Kobe has a voice lesson today. So, so we, we, we decided to be good. We decided, we decided to be good. good. <laughs> so, Kobe, you went to school with Savannah at UCLA. I did, we yeah. did. Um, so I know you two know a little bit of your backstory, but please fill me in on how you got into musical theater. How I got into musical theater? Um, so I'm from L.A., born and raised. Um, Which part? What was? Part. Sherman Oaks, Val 818. You're a valley boy. I'm a 562. Is that like That's Long not Beach. <laughs> Long, Long Beach. Beach really? I'm from Long Beach. LBC. Yeah. LBC. A 562 number. But that's technically Orange County, right? Or is that It's LA? on the cusp of LA County and Orange County. Like, my mm. high school was on the cusp. Okay. We were, like, halfway in between. Like, if you're from LA, you don't really consider Long Beach. Mm. I hope this isn't offensive to anyone. Oh, like, no. part of LA. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Long Beach It's more it. Orange County. I yeah. was 818. Yeah. You just said 818? 818. 818. 818. The great 818. The, the great 818. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm from LA, and I um, grew up not... My, my parents aren't in the entertainment industry, but... I always loved performing, and so from a very young age, I started doing, like, community theater stuff and just, like, after-school stuff at um, my synagogue, Jews, what up, and, and, uh, yeah, from there, I just sort of, like, developed a passion for it, and then um, continued doing it through elementary school and middle school, Um, and then in high school, I auditioned and um, got into the LA County High School for the Arts. Wait. I went to Orange County High School. You did? Wait a second. Did you know Gino Kreese? Yeah. He was in my BFA class at UCSB. Hey, Gino, hope you're listening. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. He's a year older than me in school, but yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, That's so funny, yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. Loxa, OSHA, a little like rivalry. Small world. But we didn't have a musical theater department at Loxa. It was like a, now they do, but at the time... I was in the theater department. You were either like theater, music, visual arts, or dance. Mm-hmm. And then there were electives that you could take, and musical theater was an elective. And so I was in the theater department, but I took the musical theater elective. Um, yeah, so that just like served the passion for it. And then mm-hmm. um, I didn't like, 
I didn't really audition professionally in, in, until later in high school because I liked being in school and I didn't want to miss it for auditions. And mm-hmm. I had friends who, I mean, growing up in LA, you knew people that were like child actors and yeah. going out to auditions a lot, but that wasn't really what yeah, I wanted. At OSHA, we weren't even allowed. They they really were strict about like you weren't really allowed to audition, which I always found so interesting totally. since we were there to be auditioning. UCLA was similar. Things. Yeah, UCLA was similar and like I felt I felt like two ways about it. Like of course I wanted to be doing stuff like mm-hmm. outside of school and so I, I was angry that I wasn't allowed to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like from an educator standpoint I get it, because it's like if you like if we're doing a unit on Shakespeare and you're gone for a month and then come back in, like you're there's no way to make up for that, you know? You're like a month behind right. anyways. So I get it from that perspective, but at the same time it's like we're training to do this. Do this. So. so and you learn so much on on set or the, it wouldn't be set but like we're in, you know, re- in rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. So um, how did you I know you did Spring Awakening when you were quite young? Yeah, so yeah, really basically young. basically so my my that, like professional yeah. journey was um, at the end of high school mm-hmm. I um I started working with an agent like in junior year of high school and I How'd that happen? So I was... Yeah, give us some details. <laughs> how that happen? So I was in a, like, community theater thing with Ben Platt, who um, he and I grew up together in L.A., Jewish, again, Jews. Um, <laughs> and he had an agent at the time, and so the agent came to the show, and I met them and started working with them. And um, so I auditioned the summer between junior and senior year of high school for Bright Beach Memoirs, came first, and that was mm. a Broadway revival of the Neil Simon play. And I, like, sent in a video from L.A., not really thinking much of it, I... Really, before that, I'd done, like, a small theater, like, 99-seat thing in L.A., oh, and I sent in a video, and then, you like, a month later, I sent in another it. video, and then I came to New York and auditioned for Neil Simon and booked <gasps> it. Wow. Yeah, it was and nuts. And so how old are you um, at this point? I was 17. 17. That's got to be, they say beginner's luck, and it, not beginner's luck because you had been training, but you're going in with such, like, this confidence because you don't know yet about rejection and totally. what it takes, and you're just this excited, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed boy. And I do believe that happens a lot when you don't even realize how difficult it is to book something. I was just, like, thrilled to be there, you know? And, like, it was just so fun. Like, I left that room. I remember very distinctly leaving that final audition, like, beaming. And I was like, even if I don't get this, like, the experience of it is so great that, like, who cares? And then I got it, which was which was great. Uh, um, it was just amazing. Talk. Yeah, so so I ended up moving to New York City for like for a semester. I was still in high school, mm-hmm. so I transferred to PPAS, which is a performing arts school here, and went here for a semester. The show only ran for a few, for like a month and a half. Okay, okay. Um, so I moved here, did that, and then after that, I went back to LA, and then I was auditioning for colleges, and I had a trip planned to New York to look at Ithaca and like some other New York yeah. schools, and. While that was happening, Spring Awakening was having auditions oh at the same God. time. So I was, I was like, great, um, you know, I'll audition for this while I'm in New York. And I auditioned, and it was like this crazy se- series of events where, like, I got back, I had a final callback for Spring Awakening, and then the same day it was the, the deadline for putting in your deposit on a school. And oh. so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this show, but I need to pick a school. So I decided on UCLA like sent in my letter of acceptance or whatever and then like two days later found out I got Spring Awakening which was nuts and, and, and you played Moritz I played Moritz yeah. and this was your second audition basically yeah I mean I really like basically yeah. between those two shows yeah wow and so you did Moritz the tour yeah for a year yeah so so 
Um, I finished senior year, did a show called Lieutenant of Inishmore at the Taper for like a month and a half. And then right after that, I left for tour um, and I did that for like 10 months. You are just on this frequency of like (laughs) you had this this streak going and it really stuck with you. Because I do think a lot of booking and like getting jobs is being in the right mindset because if you're positive about it they feel and it. like yeah you go in with confidence there's definitely something that you were giving off besides just talent yeah i mean yeah that's I th- really I, I don't know that's really inspiring thanks to me. i mean i think that honestly i think that like, and i still try to look at it this way it's like it's you have so much more fun my favorite auditions are the ones where you go in and you feel like it's a rehearsal like, I love getting notes in the room. Like, it's yeah. my favorite thing ever because it means that, like, the director, whoever wants to work with you and wants to see what you're like. And, like, that's the whole point of doing what we do is to, like, play and, and create with people. And so when you get the opportunity to go in, if you think about it as less of a, like, holy shit, like, this is a do or die situation and I'm going to, like, lose it if I don't get it, which, of course, is part of it because you build, you know, you build you a hope and you want to get it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you go in with the mindset of, I'm gonna. This is my first day of rehearsal, and I'm gonna go on and have fun, and like whatever happens, happens, and they're they're there to play, and I'm down to clown, and like whatever. Oh, then it. then it's a good way to think about it. I just I I often listen to inspirational um, <laughs> talks. <laughs> yeah. So this was Jack Camfield. Uh, he wrote uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, anyway, no. he so said, good. <laughs> he said that there he asked this baseball player like do you expect to hit the ball every time you step up to the plate? And he said, of course. Why would I be stepping up to the plate Mm. to hit a ball if I wasn't expecting to hit it? Mm -hmm. And that was really inspirational, just being like, why would I go to an audition? Already rejected. Not expecting Mm -hmm. to book it, because that's what I do. Uh, I think a lot of people do too. You'd be like, oh, no. But why not walk in being like, oh, I expect to get this. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm here and why else would I be here? But a little tinge of that I feel like can be helpful. Like if you go in with the mindset of like, I might not be perfectly right for this, so I don't yeah. care what happens. Yeah. That can lead to the play thing that I was mm, talking about. Being but it's more, a healthy medium. Yeah. It a is. balance there. Like having just a little bit of like, I'm capable of totally booking this. Also, it doesn't matter. Right. So I'm just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. I have a question going back to Spring Awakening. Yeah. Was this right on the cusp of um, it just been released on Broadway? Were you going on the tour right after? Because it, it was such a big hype around it. And this is before. Musical, yeah, especially the de- what, 2008, 2009? Is that when it was? Yeah. Okay. So, so the show came out on Broadway. I'm going to fuck this up. I think it was 2007. Okay. And so the show had been out for a little bit. And I was on the second national tour. So there had been a first national tour already for about a year, maybe okay. two years. So I joined, so our tour started in 2010. So we did 2010 through 2011. So the show had been out for a little bit, but what was really cool about our tour was that, um, it was not, so it was not equity, meaning that we weren't, it wasn't part of the union. So none mm-hmm. of us were in the union. We were really, I was the youngest one in the cast. I was 18. The oldest was 25, except for the people that played the adults. Wow. And so we, it, it was sort of like college on wheels. Um, and what's cool about a non-act tour, although it's there's a lot of, you know, controversy about it because they don't pay you as well and mm-hmm. it's not part of the union. But what I liked about it is that we did a lot of really quick stops, like one and two nighters, which allowed us to go to places that don't normally get that kind of um, oh wow entertainment. And with that show specifically, I mean, I don't know if you, you guys are familiar with the show. I'm still, yeah. I'm still obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a beautiful show and there's a lot of things in that show that are still, I mean hundred years later, like still, still controversial, it, yeah. you know, abortion, gay rights, mm-hmm. um, it's like, it was a ground, suicide. groundbreaking. Music. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the play was groundbreaking when it came out yeah. in the late 1800s. And so it's mm-hmm. like, 
this musical is still controversial, oh, and so we went. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I the, didn't know it was a play yeah, in so, the 1800s. Yeah, so oh, the original play is called Spring's Awakening, and it was by this playwright, Frank Vedekind, and when it came out, it was banned in Germany because it dealt with all of this subject matter, so most of the text from the, is, of the musical is from the original play, wow. and then they added the rock score. So we were going to these towns in like the South and the Midwest and just like these small towns where things like that aren't talked about. And so that was really, really amazing because people would like kids, college kids and younger would come to the show and like come with their parents. And it wasn't something that you could really leave and not discuss. And so we would have kids come up to us after the show and say like, you know, like something like, you know, I was abused as a kid. So thank you Mm -hmm. for talking about this. Or I got a letter from someone once saying that they, you know, had been suicidal at one point and then they saw the show and, like, wanted to live. Just, like, stuff like that. Wow. That was really... Chills. Yeah, yeah, and I still actually carry that letter around with me. Oh, um, but, like yeah. That. Did you have some backlash from going to those towns? Was it not accepted from everyone? I'm sure not everyone, well, we had, but... We had, um... We definitely had people leave. Okay. During... I mean, there's, you know, there's a sex scene in the middle of the yep. show and there's nudity, and so we definitely had people leave, but I had a director once who, who said... Um, you know, anyone could have a show where people stay. Like, we have a show that makes people leave. It makes you feel wow. something, and so they're going to leave, and that's great. that's great. Yeah. And so we, I mean, Making we them feel the, something. Yeah, I feel like well, we were somewhere in Indiana for a show, and we had, like, 40 people leave. <laughs> we wow. were all like, oh, my God. Wow. But it's cool to make people like, feel like that. You yeah. know, it stirs them up. Yeah, they're thinking about something. Yeah. Now, okay, so at UCLA, I remember when you came in, because I was a grade older, mm-hmm. same age, but grade older, we all thought you were just the most successful human ever. Like, Mm -hmm. we were all talking. We're like, why is he going to school if he's already done Spring Awakening? He's already been on Broadway, Brighton Beach. Like, he's already done everything. Why? Yeah, it goes, no, it just goes back to what we were talking about. You were, we, you were at LA performing art school and they wouldn't necessarily let you audition. Mm -hmm. Um, And at UCLA, they wouldn't let you audition. So, what what was it that made you decide to go to college after already being professional? Um, well, I, I I mean, I think it, like, starts with my parents. Like, I, they always instilled the value of college in me. And, I, and so I never, never thought that I wouldn't, you know? Hmm. Like, when I, when I was auditioning for Spring Awakening and when I decided to take that gap year, there was no doubt in my mind that I would go to school after go back, that. Yep. And I think that it's, I think that you... I think that you can't hope to be a truly like successful great actor if you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's easy to walk into a rehearsal room and just like see what's on the script and read it for face value and just do it, but I don't think that creates meaningful performances. I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of actors, maybe more actors than musical theater, but I know that like in the back of my mind when I was in college, I was like, I could be a Disney Channel star right, right. now. Yeah, what totally. am I doing being in college? <laughs> yeah. And like you you think like, oh, you need to be young and you need to be out there working, but college is so important. And, you know, like I would have never learned Shakespeare right. if it weren't for... It keeps yeah. you from starting bad habits too. I think a lot of child actors and not to bash anyone that's done a lot of acting, it's great. But um, you can create bad habits and I think UCLA especially knocks down all these bad habits with performers coming in and everyone kind of starts fresh again. Like I felt like at UCLA we were just, we were studying the craft in front of us. We were getting rid of any 
pre uh, what is it called pre predisposed predisposed notions preconceived notions preconceived thank you thank you Kobe thank you there we go I graduated from there it's been how many years since I graduated not that many two. You're young too. So that was <laughs> your parents were the reason mostly you yeah, went back. I mean, and, and also, also, um, I think that like no matter where you are in your career, you, training helps. Like no you're never where. done. You know, you're never done learning. And and there's so many things that we did in at UCLA, and I'm sure that, that happened at schools all over the country, like viewpoints and like mm-hmm. weird like. Just weird. Vaudevillian. Uh, yeah, it's like all you just like are exposed to so much stuff, and that's so in, and that's so important. And mm-hmm. I also just like aside from the performing aspect of it, like you learn how to be a human, like yeah, per- social, yeah, and also and just like friends, yeah. And- how to like it's such an important like incubator for like being a person. Like imagine, I mean, you know, like I did so much stupid shit in college, yeah, but it, but I did it because it was college, you know. I, I often think that yeah. that like. Oh, thank goodness I had college to get like everything out and all that yeah. stuff out of your system. Totally. I do n- I would not want to be 25 right now doing college right. partying. No. And, like, you know, yeah. and it's that, good that's to so get, important. You have to be young and yeah. Yeah, and I and also like and also like what I was saying before about like knowing context, like I personally I didn't want to go to conservatory because I knew that I liked theater, but I wanted to explore what else I liked. And mm-hmm. so I love UCLA because you could take I took like classical mythology classes and like Italian food and literature classes and like everything. just like everything. And I think that it it all helps you in your career, but also helps you like be a person in the world and interact yeah. with people that aren't artists and just like be a well-rounded human. So kids go to school. Go to, go to school. Go to school. And you graduated cum laude? Yeah. Is that the right way to yeah. say it? What's that mean? Three point five. Three point five above for four years, though. Yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive, especially from UCLA to be able to to graduate with that. Thanks. I now at UCLA. Sorry, no. You're probably going to come up with a really good question. No, what's your question? Okay, we'll see. (laughs) How how many roles at UCLA did you play, and what was the funniest one? How many roles did I play? Oh my gosh! Oh, you dressed as a woman in one of them. Yeah, that wasn't very funny though. <laughs> <laughs> my senior year—that was that was my favorite role that I played okay. at UCLA, but it wasn't very funny. What it, role was it? So senior year, we had this director who was amazing. Her name is Lisa Volpe, and she came in and she does a lot of um, Shakespeare and classic work outside of UCLA, and most of her stuff is like gender bent. And so it was okay. this play called *The Revenger's Tragedy*, which is like this like super misogynistic, like very old play about this like Italian town where like all of the men are rapists and all the women are meek and like, it's just horrible, but it was, um, gender swap. And so I played this like virginal Italian maiden with like a fully <laughs> beat face and like, show you picture. Gor- like it was gorgeous, beautiful dress. Yeah. So that was the kind of craziest. Yeah. I mean, the funniest was Guys and Dolls. Like, oh. Guys and Dolls was so fun. You, Savannah and I were I in it together. I finally got to be in a musical I with Kobe. I was a big fan of Kobe's, and then I got to be in it with him. Which and it was, was it was so fun. Um, I was at Benny South Street. Um, with our friend Chris was nice and nice. You got the friend right here. You got the right at there. Is <laughs> that the song like, you sing? Yeah, yeah totally. I remember. Yeah. You, remember. you remember the words, too. It's like amazing. I remember the words, yeah. Oh, it's such a good show, though. That was the most like lighthearted, fun thing. Because a lot of things, I felt like a lot of things that you say were really like heavy. Yours were, too, at your school. You had some dark shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark shows. Yeah, but you saw me in a show that was very comedic, or I guess my role was. Oh, that was so funny. She played, um, what was your name in that play? Signor, Signora Chini. 
Yeah. yeah. She sounds was funny. A, she was an acting. <laughs> sounds funny, right? <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sounds, sounds like a real okay, good. I'm not gonna <laughs> laugh, but this, this is about you. Uh, so <laughs> You're not gonna give us like one or two lines. No, like, I don't remember. I was just like very confused the whole play. She'd like sit in the wrong seat in the party. Yeah, and... more physical comedy. <laughs> more physical. Where it was that. This is just a quick reminder that FOU Studios and the Behind Two Bonds podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron, which we are so grateful for. So grateful. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes. That's spelled T-O-O. Exactly. So you graduate college and... Did you keep the same agent that you had gotten from community theater? Was that still uh, your representation? And how did you, um, like, how did the real world treat you? What was your next steps once you graduated? Yeah, so um, I have, I'm still with the same agent that I was with um, since I was in 10th grade. You got wow. BBR in 10th grade? Yeah, so my agent, her name is Jody Bowman, and I was... Oh, I, I oh KMR, or KSR yeah, exactly. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was my agent. Yeah, okay. Oh, there's so much in common. Crazy, yeah, so They I, had no idea. So I started at KSR <laughs> when I was in 10th grade, and then Jody, after a couple of years, um, moved to BBR, and so I was moved with her. And yeah, so I've been with her for a really long time. She's now my TV agent also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... She's been great. I mean, she's sort of like my manager, too, in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. I, sh- I don't have a manager. Um, so she's, like, been my, like, agent manager guide guide through mm-hmm. all of it because I really, when I started, like, had no – my parents are not stage parents. Like, yeah. I really had no idea what I was doing. And so they've been – she's been amazing and really helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, after college, again, like, I've been really fortunate. So I, so I um, auditioned for Book of Mormon um, w- uh, fall quarter of my senior year of college. Um, and then I, and I like did some other stuff in, in between like uh-huh. in college, but so senior year I auditioned for Book of Mormon and ended up, I found out that I got it my last day of winter quarter. Literally it was like, cheers. like, cheers. <laughs> cheers. so great. Like literally, I'm, this is not a joke. Like I, so I auditioned in December and then went to New York in January and had this like week long, they called it Cunningham camp. How cute. And I, like, worked with the creatives all week and, like, saw the show and whatever. And then at the end of the week was, like, this big audition. And then I didn't hear anything for three months. So, wow. like, in your mind, you're going, oh, didn't get it. Moving on to the next In my year. mind, I, like, wanted to jump off a bridge every day. Oh, okay. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> okay, that's and, the like, honest. Okay, that's, no, that's what I would have No, been. yeah, I mean, I'd love to be like, who cares? <laughs> like, went back to school. Roll it off. But, no, I was, like, fucked up. Like, <laughs> it was a long time. And, like, I didn't hear anything. Also, like, when I auditioned, I had to – they make you – um they make you, I had to fill out this, basically, it's like a pilot deal. Like, I had to fill out this deal mm. before I even knew if I was going to get it. That was like, if you get it, these are the terms. And like, this is what Ugh. your salary is going to be. This is when you'll start. And one of the terms was that they could call me at any time within this within six months after my audition and be like, you have to be here on this day <gasps> and I don't have to go. So I was like living in this weird, like, I don't know, it was any, crazy. Anytime like, could you could get a call, you could not right. in this limbo. Right, limbo. And then... So I, my last day of winter quarter, I was literally leaving my last Joe Olivieri acting class. Like, so it was like the end of my last day of theater training because spring quarter, it was more free and you could do whatever. Walking, walking back to my apartment and I got the call, like leaving that class. That you got it. That I got it. And they were like, okay, you have to be here. And it was the day before spring break. So it was like, okay. So I had literally a week of spring break and then I went to New York like the next, the the day after. So you 
did you graduate? So I graduated a quarter early. You so graduated like early. Worked out that I had enough wow. credits. How did you have enough credits? I have Cum no laude. idea. Cum laude. Cum laude. I guess I just like kept mm -hmm. on. I just like took the you right took, classes. You took a lot of classes. Yeah, I guess know. I just like took the, the classes when I was supposed to. I really don't know, but like it's literally worked out Perfect. so perfectly to the point where I had finished my theater training and could graduate early. So I left UCLA, went to <sighs> Vancouver or went to New York first, and then met the tour in Vancouver, and then. We were in San Francisco for three months right after that. So I literally flew down, took two days off the show to, to walk in my graduation. So I came back, walked in graduation, and then went back to tour. And I did the tour for 13 months. Um, and then right wow. after the tour, like like a month or two before the end of tour, I found out that they were going to move me to Broadway afterwards. So I... Another cheers. Another, another cheers. cheers. This is oh. really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like all these dominoes have like... It seems like that. It seems like there's been this beautiful path laid out for you that's one thing has led to the next and it's been like a very fortunate career so far. Yeah. You, you were saying that you walk into auditions sometimes like maybe I'm not right for this role but I'm going to have fun and maybe kind of change their minds. You didn't say that but yeah. was Elder Cunningham one of those roles that you kind of walked in and said I, they've never cast anyone with my physique? Yeah. Would, would, is, did you walk in that room like that? or? Well I mean so I had seen that I seen the show originally when it first came out um, in 2011 and I saw Josh Gad as great show time. great show Josh so Gad funny. genius genius everyone on that show is genius and I was I was like this is great I'm never gonna be in it because I'm not really a good tap dancer and like the only place I really saw myself was like the court you know of course tappers who and they're unbelievable unbelievable and they're also funny and I was just like I don't think I'm that funny I don't know I just like I was like I'm never gonna do this and then Ben who I mentioned earlier played Elder Cunningham and I saw him in it and he he's skinny and so I was like oh but still I never really thought, thought that it was a possibility yeah. and so yeah I went into that audition sort of like I'd worked with um one of the associate directors on Black Suits which is a show I did in college yes and um so I knew her and Carrie Gardner, the casting director, cast me in Spring Awakening. And so I was like, great, I know these so people. you knew the team, which is helpful. I knew the team and I was like, you know what, even if I'm not right for this, which I didn't think I was particularly <laughs> right, wow. I'm going to go in and like, I know these people, so it's going to be like a low stress situation. And I'm sure that helped because I, I was just going to say that going in a room, knowing the people is so comforting. Totally. Sometimes. See, and I'm kind of different. I, oh, really? Well, my dad... Um, was the executive director at La Mirada for 25 years. Mm. And I would walk into one of those audition rooms, like everyone knows me, there's more pressure totally. because I'm the daughter. And, and that kind of pressure for me, I didn't like when people knew me because I knew if I messed up, it mattered more. Because yeah, when I walk in and no one knows they know me. your dad. When no one knows me, I'm like, ah. What, are they going to say that yeah. blonde, curly-haired girl? But, totally. like, at La Mirada, that's what's been You want to impress them. Oh, you feel yeah. like there's more pressure to I do hate, well. I hate I'm auditioning in front of people I know. Unless it's my friends, of course. But, yeah, so, that's interesting. So kudos yeah. to you. Yeah. Because it's mean, not easy gonna, for everyone. I hope I don't start thinking about it that way now. <laughs> no. God. Don't, don't. No, I won't. Do it the I way won't. you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more on the same page. If they called you in, it's because they know what you can do already. Right. And the first hurdle is already like yeah, past. Yeah. Yeah. They do know. They like your work. Um, and they knew your work. Have, so. the, have you had, right now it seems like it's been very easy, but I imagine there's been hurdles along the way. Has there been uh, specific rejections that stand out or, or a really bad audition experience you've had? And it's okay if you haven't had these. Yeah. I have enough for all of us. No, no, God, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, I, I look, like, there's a lot of things that I auditioned for that I was, like, devastated not mm -hmm. getting. Um, right, that's the thing that, like, 
people will just see your career and go, oh, he's just jumped from here to here to here, but right. they don't realize you've auditioned for hundreds of things right. in between. Right, and yeah, I mean, I remember the earliest I remember is when I, when we were young and LA 13 was happening at the I taper. auditioned. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so this was like kind of a, a fucked up situation because I auditioned for it and it was my first professional audition and mm-hmm. like I had no idea what I was doing and I ended up getting cast in it as as a as an understudy for the lead guy uh-huh. but my school at the time I'm not going to tell you what the school was because I don't want to put them on blast but the school <laughs> that I was at at the time was like I would have had to miss like three months of school and they were like if you do this you're going to have I was in eighth grade like or ninth grade and they're like you, you're going to have to repeat this <gasps> like you're going to have to repeat ninth grade if you do this Come show and I was on. like I, I was like I remember sitting on my this is so dramatic but I remember like sitting on my couch <laughs> ninth grade yeah, just it was my first taste of really like rejection, and I remember sitting. You know what? Actually, the rejection didn't happen then. It happened the day of the final callbacks. I got cut, and so I was like, "I'm over." Like I'm, I, I didn't get it, and I was sitting on the couch, and I remember like being so upset that I couldn't move. Mm. It was like totally debilitating. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like, you know. But for some reason or other, you keep auditioning yeah, even you though you know it. if you aren't going to get it it could potentially put you in a deep deep depression yeah and it, I mean that happens all the time it's like, like falling in love you yeah. do it anyways yeah. but it, no but it's crazy I mean I was saying this to my mom like yesterday it's it's like you know because so I left Mormon a, a month ago and we can talk about that more but but so now I'm like auditioning a lot and I it's 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 really hard to you're told when you're a performer to dream big and like yeah. have these lofty aspirations and like you know, manifest this and like do this and like look, uh, you know, shoot for the moon because affirmation, affirmation, right, exactly. affirmation, and story everyone, of my life. right? And like you know, in college, people are like, people, you know, the teachers are like, don't, don't have too like high expectations, but it's hard not to, especially when you're yeah. an artist. You're like, I want to do this and I want to do this cool shit and I want to do all of it. It's hard to do that, but also walk into an audition, not fantasizing about getting it, not mm-hmm. being like, oh. I could get this. Someone right. has to get it. Why can't it be right, me? Right, exactly. Because and start dreaming about it. Right, because you know people are always like, you know, walk into an audition and let it go because throw it, away the script. Throw it away, right? Because like, don't think about it. It's going to drive you crazy. But it's like, how do you balance lofty aspiration, big dreams with like being realistic? Especially about when even even if it's not like the part it's like oh you're gonna get a huge paycheck Mm -hmm. and being like oh what I can do with this money like that often gets me excited too yeah and it's just like you I now sometimes have to like not even read the breakdown what it consists (laughs) of I'm just like out going in and that's it we've been going on commercial auditions so you Mm. see how exciting this 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 would be um she's waiting she's waiting right now right I just had a call back so my mind goes well I could any get day, it. any day, any day, right now. Is but that on then airplane mode? you good? It's on airplane. Okay. Yeah, maybe you'll well, take that'd it off be airplane mode. That'd that'd be be so exciting. Oh my gosh. You'll have a Kobe moment. You're leaving. You're leaving oh God, your podcast. Please. Oh, but yeah, it's so hard, Savannah. I told her it went really well, and she goes, "Okay, and now if we forget about it." And, and I was like, oh, my God, I sound like the worst friend ever. But it's so true. It's, it's like true. you do your audition, you, you did really well, and now just, like, let it go. Well, I wake up every morning. I wonder if Chase is going to text me today that she's leaving for Mexico tomorrow to film. That's where the fil- the audition Ooh. would be. So, Or not the audition. The, yeah, the part. But now, see, now in my head I'm going, oh, God, we're talking about this on the air, and I'm not going to get it. And that's okay. But that's okay. part of it. That's, that's like, part of it. it. So, yeah. But, Getting you know. to dream about it, and then we'll see. Yeah, so I'm still trying to figure that out, how to, like, balance the, like, dream versus 
Well, you've already, you've already been on Broadway. I know, I know. and like, I, But that just but, shows no matter where you are in your career, yeah. you still get rejected, you still get excited, you still aren't sure. And that's another thing that's weird, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you do after you've reached a lot of people's... Broadway is a lot of people's dream. Totally. You've reached that. So now what? Is that hard? Well, I think that... Um, I think that... Uh, I think it's both. I think it's good and bad. I mean, yeah. it depends on the situation, right? So, like, Broadway is unbelievable mm-hmm. because it's so, again, like, lofty and, like, I dreamed about it since I was a kid, but it's also a job. It's a job. It's a job. And, yeah. like, that's hard. That's hard to talk about sometimes with people, especially is. friends that aren't necessarily working, but it's a job. Like, and it's different than tour because on tour, you, you're you with the same, you're with your cast all the time, so your life is the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you wake up all day, it's, like, the same people, and so your show, the, your life basically revolves around the show, and, like, on Broadway, you show up for three hours and do your job, and then mm. you go home, and, like, you have a life. Yeah. And so it's, of course, it's a blessing and, like, so amazing to be able to do it, but at the same time, it's a job, and it can be shitty sometimes. Like, just Well, you're because, doing the same thing every night. Right. Which could get very totally. and now exhausting. And you're, you're a standby, right, for yes. Elder? How often are you called on? Do you have to show up every day, just in case? Yeah, so so I did the show for two years on tour in Broadway, and I was a standby for Elder Cunningham, so I had to be every show. Oh, my God. Um, and I... I think I went on, on tour, I went on maybe 30 times, which is a lot. Wow, that is a lot. Um, and then on Broadway, I probably went on like 15, 20 times. And you, but you're there every, emotionally, That I mean, not emotionally, but kind of emotionally, that's so draining. Right, so it's 30 shows a month, 30 or sh- 32 shows a and month. And you never know when you're going on. Right. So, so that's where the like shitty <sighs> part comes in, you know, because of course, like every time I went on, it was so fun and so like, fun. I love doing it. And, and because I was in New York, I had friends and so people would come see the show and it was always this like big deal when I went on, which was good and bad because the good part of it was like, it's so exciting. But the bad part of it was like, I sort of just want it to be a, like a normal thing. And every time I go on, it feels like this big to do. And I'd love for it to just be like every day, an everyday <laughs> thing where it's not this like huge deal and I don't get so worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do backstage while you were? Oh, Savannah, I... <laughs> Watch so much TV. Oh, you have what'd no you idea. watch? Six Feet Under from oh, beginning to end. I've seen that, writing that down. The Soprano. I mean, I just like caught up on some classic caught television. Caught up on the classic. I mean, which you know. is nice because you're getting paid to catch up on your TV, TV? shows. Right. But it, that's good and bad. It's good and bad. <laughs> like, it's great because some people hear that and they're like, wow, dream job, get paid a shitload of money to sit around and do mm-hmm. nothing. And that's like, yes, that's great. But also, also, you show, you know, on tour it was harder because on tour, like I said, the show is your life. And so we would be in these cities where I had, no, like, I had no schedule, so I could do whatever I wanted. And then I would show up to the show at night and still have no responsibility. It's hard. So I didn't have a schedule. I, like, I, and, and I had just left college. So I was having that, like, you know, just because I had a job does, didn't mean that I wasn't having that, like, post-college, what the fuck am I doing with my mm-hmm. life? Yeah. And so I, it was very weird because on the one hand I was like, I have this job, like, I should be so thrilled, but at the same time, I'm like, what is my purpose on earth? Like, why am I here? Going through all the quarter-life crises. Yeah. Why didn't they just make you a swing also? So, with, it depends, so certain shows will have, the difference between a standby and a swing, for those that don't know, is that a swing covers like four four or five general parts in the ensemble, and sometimes understudies leads too. Um, Standbys are specifically for a lead role so shows like like wicked like the two leads have standbys that are paid as principals 
but they only cover the one role. So when they're not doing the role, they're not in the ensemble or anything like that. That's a, and that's a lot of pressure. I mean, is it hard? Because I know when I go to a show and if I see a little, one of those little pieces of paper that says this role has been swapped out. By the understudy. It's yeah. like you almost have to win them over. Totally. You're, yeah. You walk in there and they're not on your side. I don't feel like yeah. as an audience member, I wouldn't be on your side in the beginning because I'm like, ugh, it's not the person I thought I was going to see. Totally. Is that hard? Do you feel that from the audience? I or? mean, I even feel that still and it's like terrible, but I even feel that sometimes when I go to see shows now, I'm like, stop, like you were an understudy, <laughs> like you need to relax because you were the, you know, you're the same, like you guys are the same. Yeah. And they're always, understudies are always, always great. Amazing. Always amazing. Sometimes I'm always, they're better. Yeah. yeah. And I hate to say that, but I, I went to a show recently and the standby or understudy was in and I was like, how can the lead be any better than the person right. I just saw? Because they're right. fresh and excited yeah. and not right. not drained. Totally, and- but you're right. I mean, it, it is a sort of like, I mean, luckily with Book of Mormon, it's more about the show than the people. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if I was understudying, like, God bless those people that under, like. Lame is. That under, that's understudying Jake Gyllenhaal oh. or like whoever, whatever celebrity, because you know that the audience is like, fuck, How do like, I? why, you know? And that sucks, and so you have to win them over. Like, Well, I saw Oh Hello with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, and it said that there were understudies for them, and that's the whole reason I went to the show, yeah. was to see John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. So, yeah, it's one of those where it's, if it's an actual name, name, but since you were playing just a wonderful character, mm-hmm. it was more... You saw the understudies in Oh Hello? No. no. She just saw their names. No, I would have been upset <laughs> because they made an announcement. They said, and today, unfortunately, the role of uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney will be played by, and they like get you all sad, and mm-hmm. then they go by Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, oh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I was worried. Um, yeah. So you just left Book of Mormon. Yeah, so you left, left Book yeah. of Mormon. How? Why? Is that a scary? Who, is that what, where, when, why? Where, when, why? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's totally scary. I uh, um, So I'd been in the show for two years and I'd been understanding for two years and I love the people so much. Mm. Could not be more obsessed with the people and the company and like all of it. The show is so great. I just was tired of um, sitting backstage. Yeah, you want to you wanna stretch your muscles more. Right. Not that I did, like it was an amazing job mm. and I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity, especially because... The broad, being in the Broadway company brought me to New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful for that and to have had the income to like get an apartment, you know, like mm-hmm. just like live in New York City. What's scary is you didn't leave the show already having another show. Right. Now you're you're back in the pool of all the actors auditioning like we were talking yeah. about. And you don't have that security blanket of knowing you're in another show. So right. what's this been like, this process? It's been interesting because it's, it's my so it's my first time really? not being in school or not working. Yeah, which is super rare, and yeah. I totally acknowledge that. So it's I think it's an important thing. Mm-hmm. I think that like you're not really an actor if you don't have that period because we all yeah, even the most to, successful people yeah um, probably growing a lot. Yeah, I mean, so far it's been it's been good. Like I feel like the like I feel like I'll hit a crisis moment in a few weeks. <laughs> But okay, we have a few more. We have a few weeks. Okay. A few weeks. And like, I'm going home for two weeks, which I'm really excited uh, about because I haven't really been able to go home for more uh-huh. than three days. Oh wow! In a, like two years, so it'll go on be a nice. vacation. Go on vacation. Beach. Uh. Honestly, I like. I almost cried being able to have dinner at a normal time. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like out like, with friends on a Friday night. I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm out for dinner. Like, this is amazing. That's true because um, you only had Mondays off right. probably for a whole. Yeah, which is again like totally a blessing. But it it was nice but, to like have a normal schedule a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I've just been, like, using the time to 
see friends and see mm-hmm. shows and like do fun stuff. So there's no, you're trying to be more just excited about this free time rather than stress about where's the next job going to be coming from. Yeah, I mean, I have moments of like, oh, I'm unemployed. Oh, I'm unemployed. Oh, I don't know what my next job's going to be. It's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm unemployed for now. It's like summer vacay. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I really have no idea when my next job's going to be. It could be a long time. Did you yeah. think that you wanted to keep the job while you were auditioning? Is it just not possible to do both? Um, well, con- contractually it was hard. Oh, okay. But I, you know, I was auditioning. Like I started, I left the show at the end of January. So like in October, I started auditioning for new stuff and I was really hoping that I'd have something lined up right after. Um, and as I got closer, it became clear that that wasn't going to be the case. And so I just sort of was like, it is what it is. Like, like we were talking about before the, the timing stuff there, looking back on things that I didn't get that I was really disappointed by. If I had gotten those things, I wouldn't have, you know, like. Totally. If I had done whatever, I wouldn't have been able to do more. That's like, what I, I always this, think about. Like, if tiny. you didn't get a part, it's usually because there's something greater in the works. Yeah. That's about, I'm very, like, Yeah, oh, no, I universe. believe that too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I, I think that whatever job is next for you, it's, it's not here yet. It's coming. Yeah. And it has to, yeah, you have to wait for you that next audition. You have such a good mindset. <laughs> so, Honestly, yeah. like I said, it's, it's great right now. I hope it remains that we'll way. We'll see in three but, weeks. But it's important to like, you know, surround yourself with, with other artists and surround yourself with people that are going through. Where it's the norm. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I know that I went to a university as well that, you know, I wasn't just in a conservatory with actors and my friends that are pursuing regular, normal people jobs, nine to five, have no uh, like concept of what we have to go through just because it's so unique and different and there's... It's nice to have people that know what we're dealing with. Yeah, and to remind you that like it's normal and like you're not a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And, and and I've really found that like and and a couple of friends that are that work pretty consistently in New York like told me this when I moved here like New York is great because people will take care of each other. Yeah. Like when you're when you're working, you take care of the people that aren't and like vice versa. It's like, true. Yeah, you it's know, really I had a friend true. who was like basically had no money in her bank account and then like luckily like booked something and is doing great now but yeah, it's like, it could change in a yeah, it second, could change in a second. Mm-hmm. it's incredible kobe i have a request okay <laughs> i probably should have asked you before what is it will you will you end this podcast singing a song from book of mormon <gasps> oh just like gosh. a little turn it off, <laughs> like, I don't turn it off. do you like, sing that song you don't that wasn't my song but i mean <laughs> i could sing what's what's your song yeah what's your song uh, orlando my song was my favorite <laughs> song was baptize me that was my song oh, can you sing like a little snippet yes i loved that one yeah okay, um, okay. the beginning of that song uh, I'm about to do it for the first time. Oh, I love this. And I'm going to do it with a girl, <laughs> a special girl. It makes my heart kind of flutter, makes my eyes kind of blur. I can't believe I'm about to baptize her. <laughs> Break it down. If I sing anymore, I'll get sued. <laughs> hey. yeah. We don't have the rights. <laughs> we, we don't, don't have, have the rights. rights. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's uh, throw it over to our producer who always has excellent questions at the end of our shows. Did, did any questions pop up for you? So being in Broadway, as in many different arts, you have like crazy schedules. So I don't know. Is there anything like that you sort of take for granted in that mode that now you're sort of like realizing was weird in retrospect? <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Yeah, I mean, like, what's a weekend? Like, like oh, for wow. you know, for me, Monday, because, like, we had five shows on the weekends. We would do Friday nights, two on Saturdays, and two on Sundays. So, like, Monday, like, Sunday night was, like, our turn-up night. We'd be, like, get <laughs> wasted. And, like, no one was ever in bars because it was a Sunday night. Like, normal people work on Mondays. Oh, so wasted. And we were just, like, going hard on Sunday nights. So, like, that was weird. That's so um, weird. And then did you find that Monday nights you like would just want to do nothing because people know you're off Mondays and I'm sure you would be asked to do things yeah. or was it kind of like no I need this night yeah I I always like to sort we would do a lot of like trips like we would leave on a Sunday night and come back on a Tuesday afternoon oh. which is like very weird if you're not <laughs> that's like a very weird vacation cheap hotels yeah cheap hotels are like a night <laughs> yeah that was weird um also just like having your days free I mean most actors generally, unless they're, you know, working other jobs, have their days free. And so that's just a weird schedule in general. Like, yeah, I sort of felt like I was seeing like, like all the mole people like come out during the day. It's like weird. It's true. Yeah. It's like, who are all these people? Well, in New York, it's weird too, because there's so many people that are out and about all the time. Yeah. I experienced that in San Francisco too. It's like, who the fuck are all these people Where's at a yoga job? class at noon? Like, who are you? Don't that's you have jobs? I always wonder when I'm at yoga in the morning, like, who are these 12 other people that yeah. also don't have a job right now? Yeah. Uh, or just have so much money that they don't exactly. need to work. Exactly. That's New York so City. so much money. Right. Yeah, like, and just, yeah. Right. Not that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad we got to talk Me to you. Too. Oh, I missed you. Cheers. I finished my peppermint Cheers. chocolate tea. I'm, I have like empty. one sip left. I'm it was empty. very good. Oh, God, highly recommend. Oh, thank we you. highly recommend. Thank you, Kobe. Um, you can follow him on Instagram if you'd like. He's what, probably going to be doing yeah, amazing what's things. What's your Instagram handle? It's at uh, Kobe Getzig, C-O-B-Y-G-E-T-Z-U-G. And oh, his website is... KobeGetzig.com. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah. That's a perfect yeah. title for the website. Uh-oh, now I have to revamp it. Now that you you're like, it. steering people We're going to have lots of <laughs> listeners. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Tune in next time on Behind Thank Two Blondes. That's our show, and now we're saying so long. Tune in next time on Behind The Behind Two Blondes podcast is brought to you by FOU Studios and recorded at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens. The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Jeffrey Shimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom! Boom.